Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Industry. Yes, we are back. My name is Luke Knowles and you are joining me on the Barstool Music UK podcast Inside the Industry. It's the podcast where we take a peek behind the curtain of the unsigned and independent scene in the UK and get to know the people sort of behind the bands and behind the music. I'll be chatting to record labels, music venues, promoters, producers, you name it. If they support it, we'll be chatting to them. We've had some great interviews so far. Um, As you know, we have now switched to a fortnightly podcast and the reason for this is so that I can bring you the best quality interviews and the best quality guests without having to kind of rush and push out content because even though everything kind of nowadays leans towards forcing you to create, 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 I've kind of taken a more Luke Knowles approach and decided to be a little bit more laid back about it. However, we'll be talking more about this with today's guests as I will be speaking to Chris Sharp and Becky Warrington who are two members of the brilliant team over at MusoSoup. It's a great new online platform all about PR however rather than bands getting in touch with as many PR companies as possible this way around the band uploads their song and then the curators get in touch with them with their offers kind of putting the power back in the hands of bands but also allowing curators to kind of take their time and just sort of be a bit more free and easy with it so yeah I had a brilliant conversation with Chris Sharp who's one of the founding members and Becky Warrington who is the lead of the social media over at MusoSoup we had a good talk all about MusoSoup itself how it started and sort of what they sort of feel social media has in the way of impact on the music scene so far so yeah before I dryly spit out any more bullet points let's just crack on with this week's interview and get started this week I am joined by Chris Sharp, one of the founders of MusoSoup, and Becky Warrington, the social media guru over at MusoSoup. How are you both? Absolutely fine, yes. Crazy day, lots Very of meetings. Well. Yeah. Very <laughs> That's well, I can imagine. Thank you. Positive, positive thing, of course. Yes, yeah. It's always positive to have more meetings than none. <laughs> Yourself? Great. All so, good? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Just kind of living in a cluttered office at the minute because having homework done, but. Uh, you know, as, as, as it always goes, there's always rubbish collecting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. So basically, I obviously just wanted to have a chat to kind of get a bit of sort of background on MusoSoup. Because obviously, I personally use MusoSoup and mm-hmm. I find it a great resource for new music and all that sort of stuff. So I just wondered kind of how did the kind of idea of MusoSoup begin? Right. OK, so if we take it right back to the beginning, um, yeah. before the pandemic, my full time job was booking a venue in London. Um, okay. which I'd worked for for about eight years, which is a place yeah. called the Finsbury. On the side from that, I ran my own music blog, which was a kind of like tie-in with the nights and the events I was putting on in the venue. I was booking the venue. Yeah. Um, and from doing gigs, we made a label to go with the blog. And for, okay. For a laugh, me and the guy, Nick, that I run the label with, decided to just go ahead and try and get them on a few blogs. So we okay. did that, and it was very successful. Yeah. He was a he was a you know really he's, he's, a, he's an amazing writer so we had a really good press release and I did all the dog work basically. Yeah. Um, long story short, eight years later we've been doing PR, we turned it into a PR company. Yeah, it's just just basically helping all the bands that were playing gigs for me. Yeah. And a few things started to come quite apparent. 
that I found quite a lot of grey areas in um, in in the PR world. So let's so to say. Yeah. So right at the beginning, Spotify was kind of going pretty good, but it was it's nowhere near as massive as what it is now. So Spotify for me has completely changed and dictated the way people release music now. So oh, before, definitely. When I first started doing PR, bands used to basically submit their music three months in advance yeah. before the release date, and then it went off from SoundCloud onto um, all onto uh, on, you know it all goes live, and then puff the campaign was over. There wasn't yeah. the end, there was no playlisting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Everyone was just trying to get all these private embedded SoundClouds in in, in leading up to the to leading up to the release, and then it's just a strange way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. So, everyone just gave up after it was released and they thought it was over. So then when Spotify came along and yeah. all the playlisting started to happen, it basically changed the way that people started to release music. Albums started to slow down. EPs became a collection of singles instead. So they basically released yes. three or four tracks every two months and then one new track comes on the EP, the EP comes out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So suddenly out of nowhere, PR started to become quite unaffordable for bands. Yeah, releasing so consistency, right? So my PR prices were I was one of the cheap guys, five hundred quid for four weeks. Yeah, so could barely survive and pay my rent on that sort of money, but try and keep it fair. I only looked after a couple of bands at a time, where I know some publicists look after thirty or forty, which is ridiculous. Yeah, not going to mention any names, of course. <laughs> now, at the other end of the scale of the cheap guys, like I was, there's the other end of the scale of two thousand pounds for four weeks, and this is normally the bands that use these guys that have tried doing DIY PR themselves. Yeah. They don't really get any responses and they feel they need to break through somewhere. And then they go and hire a publicist for two grand because they get given this little piece of paper or email that says, we're going to pitch you to the Guardian. We've got proof this has worked for us with this, this, and this, and that, which is all completely ir- irrelevant to yeah. a band which is not going to get on the Guardian. If you do, yeah. it's only because they know the person, they own the favour. You know? Yeah, all, yeah, it's, it's all, kind all, of... Yeah, word all, of mouth all, kind of all thing. These sort of blogs like Clash and stuff, right? There is a um, you know good relationships that are formed between publishers and stuff, but a lot of the time there's still only so many slots that are actually available. So across yeah. the world, there's a there's a massive chance you're not going to get on them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I found bands start to become less and less available for PR because they couldn't afford it. And I found myself yeah. as well was I had massive uh, sooner or later I because I got to know some of these publishers. I mean, some of the bloggers really really well. Um, I started to get a thing called Nagger's Guilt, like massive, mm. massive Nagger's Guilt. So, you know, I'll give you, you're an example, right, Luke? So yeah, I'll, call, I'll, I'll hunt you down on Facebook because I'm a publicist. <laughs> I'll get in contact with you and go, look, can you feature my band? We're having a good yes. chat on Facebook. You go, oh, this guy's nice. You help me out. But what you yeah, realize yeah. is over the next over the next year, I might contact you another 24 times with different bands. And you, <laughs> at, some point, yeah. <laughs> at some point, at some point, you will go to me, oh, God, he's back. Do you know what I mean? Block. <laughs> exactly. So the, rela- <laughs> the relationships start to fizz out quite fast. And obviously, yeah. the more and more higher criteria blogs you start to get on your roster as being a publicist, the more high pressure the nagging starts to become because you get bigger bands on your books with bigger expectations. You know yeah. I mean? now, yeah. Yeah. The nagging guilt for me got to the point where I was literally like, I'm not going to ask Robin from Clash again if he's got my email. Do you know what I mean? I was literally <laughs> like, I am not doing it because it, like, it just ruins our relationship as friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And um, after I started speaking to loads of bloggers I know, they all were in exactly the same position. Now, that's just apart from being a publicist. On the side from being a blogger on the side, I experienced the pure battering of my email being sold on every list under the sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, uh, yeah. I was getting like 400 emails sometimes a week, and my blog's not even big. I mean, my friend, <laughs> it's, uh, um, Fred at It's All India, he's getting 800 a week. Do you know what I mean? Wow. 
So yeah, it's just got yeah. to the point where we don't even like looking at our emails. And also, I couldn't keep hold of any of my writers because I couldn't pay any of them. So this was becoming a serious problem. I'd get a team of writers, yeah. they all just disappear. Now, the only, yeah. thing that, the only thing that became a sort of a fix at the beginning stages of me uh, running my Lost in the Manor blog and doing PR was I managed to steal a writer from the NME magazine as one of the radar guys that I managed to get into a relationship with. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I nicked him. He came and, yeah. he came and uh, started being my head editor on Lost in the Manor. And magically out of nowhere, Submit Hub turned up. Right? Yes. And this, was yeah. J- this is Jason from Indie Shuffle literally going back to this spammed inbox going, I've had enough of everyone yeah. emailing me. Because he used to be ruthless on my email, literally like, stop emailing, I'm going to block you if it's not for a premiere. He's like, really harsh, like, because <laughs> he was so pissed off at looking at his inbox, basically. Yeah, yeah. So he cleverly pioneered, you know, literally saying, if you want to get through to Indie Shuffle, you have to use my platform. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't agree with everything on Summit Hub, same as well as Summit Hub probably doesn't agree with everything what we're doing. There's each have got their pros and cons and flaws, right? But he yeah. basically opened the can of worms for curators to start earning money. He changed yeah. the game of the traditional PR. And also he offered the first time for a cheaper alternative for publicists. I mean, um, for bands to do PR. They don't have to go and risk 500 to 2,000 pounds. So this is where all the fun started. Yeah, they could now, just do it themselves for exactly. a couple of quick kind of things. So now, so now we've got a whole new generation of bloggers and playlisters that want to earn money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're literally going, yeah. why is it all going to the publicists and not us anymore? All right. So this has now opened the can of worms. Now, I had my blog on Submit Hub for a very long time with my editor. We nicked from, um, uh, we nicked from Enemy Magazine and eventually he just yeah. gave up and goes, I'm done. I'm fed up with feedbacking. <laughs> right? So I didn't, I didn't want to go and do that either. I gave it a go, didn't enjoy it. And mm. basically, in the long story short, I wanted to try and fix all of these problems with Muso Soup. Yes. You know I mean? So yeah, the, key, yeah, yeah. The, the, the key prime thing is, can we make an alternative to the way that all the other platforms are doing to make us unique? Keep the core ethics yep. of being a publicist. Fix nagging. No one gets nagged anymore if you're a curator. <laughs> yes. Can we can it, we make it sustainable for yeah. bloggers and publicists and radio stations to be actually earn and cover their costs? Maybe grow a team if they want to. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. This was all the key things that I wanted to sort of bring in with it. And then I went and often chatted to a couple of my mates who are now the co-founders with me. One of them yeah. thought, oh, Mark thought I was absolute bananas. And my mate Pete went, let's go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough all three of us did it and now here we are do you know what i mean yeah yeah there's so, always one that doubts <laughs> exactly yeah so the whole the whole reason what we wanted to do it was make the artist submission as absolutely lazy as possible this fixes in the pr world spam yes because normally the bands are the core of the problem where they basically spam everyone to death then they pay the publicist and the publicist spams everyone to death and then spends their money yeah. on submit hub <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah so on ours, we just let them make one submission only. We we treat that as if they're hiring us as a PR tool, not as a publicist. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. You're you're kind of like a database for curators to go to to actively search for things rather exactly. than the other way around. It flips exactly. It so is that because just the same as a band would hire a publicist, they hire the publicist, they sit on their bum and wait for a report. Yeah. So ours is the same principle. They hire us as a PR tool. We organise them nicely, like in almost in like a publishing style sort of library with genres and tags. Yeah. And then you guys as curators now can log in completely hassle-free, never to yeah. be nagged again. The unsolicited email <laughs> problem of getting sent metal if you've never written about metal before is fixed yeah. because you only filter for what you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if no one contacts the bands, they don't spend any money. So it's free pretty much, yeah. except from the £20 they pay to set up the, on, the, uh, on the website. So the idea yeah. is that 
They start at their base of £20 on the site. We want them to spend money. Sometimes people go, what? Spending money? How can that be? So the point is that once they go over that £20 at the base of what they start with, they start heading towards the base of what the cheapest PR was, which would have been the 500 yes. or the £2,000. So yeah. we only allow curators to earn money by what we call skill coverage. You're probably aware of this, aren't you, Luke? So yeah, you know, yeah. we want to completely change in the industry that if you're a writer, you can get paid. And this is only yeah. this is all based on a token UK national wage. So, you know, if, yeah. if, a, if, a, if a curator such as a blogger got hold of you and said, I love your music, I am going to do something with it, whether you want to invest some time in me or I can put you on a Spotify playlist or do a shout out, for example. Yeah. But let's say, for example, if the writer's going to spend an hour constructing an, a, a, a nice review, um, then sharing it online, doing an Instagram story, the whole work process is an hour. They're in yeah. their every right to then say, can you, we, we, we will attach a £10 donation to this to help us be sustainable, put money into a pot to grow writers, um, cover our yeah, square yeah. space bill, stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're only allowed it's to kind request... of like fair trade kind of thing. Exactly. So they're only allowed to yeah. request money for anything that's creative. Do you know what I mean? All things yeah. like radio play, playlisting, this sticks to the rules of payola. We're not going to have anything to do with this where people charge and go on the radio, not allowed to charge to go on the playlist because it's to do with yeah. Spotify. There's big problems with this. We keep well out of the way of this. It's only creative yeah. materials they're allowed to charge money to. So like the average, what we call an offer where a curator would contact you would be roughly about eight pounds, I think is the average price. So if you okay. imagine, let me, let me just do some maths here. Let me do my nine times tables on my fingers. So, <laughs> you know, nine times nine is 81, right? So yeah. let's just say they get nine pieces of coverage. Let's say average nine pounds. Then I've, I can't do the maths at the moment in my head for eight. Um, so, so let's just say they get nine pieces of coverage. Yeah, don't look at nine, me. <laughs> yeah. nine, nine pieces of coverage, average at nine pounds. They spent 91 pounds on the coverage. That is pure sustainability money now for curators. They yeah. plus the twenty pounds on that they spent for joining the site. So they've only gone and spent one hundred and eleven pounds, and they've got coverage out of it because they could have spent that and still received. They, yeah, so they could risk it, they could have risked it all on a PR. They yeah. could have risked it all on a PR and, and lost all their money. Um, they might have got a great results from the PR, but it still would have cost them five hundred quid, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, this way, you're actually building now a relationship with with um, curators as well. Do you yeah. mean? So they're aware of who you are and what you've actually got now. Is the direct relationship that the publicist would have formed. Yeah. I mean? So it's you, and the other thing that's really well is all the all the power is actually in the in the hands of the curator as well for the first time. So normally yeah. everyone would just badger the curator to death until they give in and do some kind of coverage. This way, the curator kind of goes, "I really like your music. Let's work together. I'm willing to do something for free or for some investment time." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I that's what I personally like about it because I do get lots of sort of like emails from mailing lists and all this kind of stuff, and sometimes it's stuff that's either not within my realm or anything but with music it's nice to log in and just go through and not feel any pressure yeah exactly it's all at your own, all your own of, pace yeah yeah i can just pick listen to something if, if it's not feeling that week i can just save it for later and then go back to it another time and, and i think it's like a nice it's philosophy that you've got in it and trying to flip it on on the head because like becky did you come into it sort of as it had sort of taken off the ground or were you kind of there in the beginning I mean, I'd love to say I was there since its inception, but no, um, yeah. I was picked up uh, last year. Um, yeah. And here we are now, uh, a year and a bit later, I'm still hanging around. Um, I, was, yeah. I, I was actually poaching <laughs> Becky thinking she was running a blog. Yeah. 
So she wasn't yeah. running, she wasn't <laughs> running a blog. And I said to her, right, so let's talk about this blog that you run. I want to get you involved on music. She, she's like, I don't work there anymore. She goes, I do this and this. And I goes, hang on, I'm going to go and speak to my lads. You can come work for us. And that was it. <laughs> so the it's rest all, of history. The rest is history. Here yeah. she is. It's literally that, literally that fast. Within a matter of two days, she was working for us. Yeah. Oh, no, brilliant. And, and have you enjoyed the experience? You, you speak oh, freely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I sometimes sit at, you know, working and think I am so lucky to be, yeah. you know, working with a company that I truly relate to the ethos of. And the team is great. We're only a small team, but yeah. they're fantastic. They're all brilliant. So yeah. I'm very, very lucky, very fortunate very thankful and, and yeah. the, fun, the fun thing is we only ever met each other for the first time about two weeks ago really oh because yeah, of did. the pandemic because <laughs> the pandemic sam from our team lives in birmingham or worcester yeah. way mark and peter are in london who obviously i know very well becky yeah. is in dorset <laughs> so like the whole entire team is spread out all over the place and we've yeah. just been doing everything via you know zoom calls basically yeah oh no it's great and sort of like to kind of expand on your role, Becky, what is it you kind of, obviously like Chris was the inceptor, the, the daddy of it all. What what do you kind of take <laughs> care of day to day? Yeah, day to day. I kind of helped with, um, obviously the idea was there, people were using it, uh, but yeah. I wanted to really utilise social media and build a kind of um, a brand that people can recognise straight away. Yeah. Um, so primarily my my jam my jam is instagram um i you'll probably be messaging me if you ever dm user soup um just a lot of content creation a lot of contacting bands and i actually use the site in a similar way that you might except um all of my offers are obviously free as yeah i am doing offers for music soup so i'll be in charge of the spotify playlist the new music friday playlists um offering interviews out and just giving all of our artists that extra push from our yeah. actual platforms that they deserve really that's oh, that's yeah. the day-to-day yeah because I did notice like because um, I've actually been involved in one the one where you get curators to pick their favorite track and kind of highlight it as a special kind of thing I think it's great that you kind of as well as supporting them, you you kind of sh- show a bit of a spotlight on bands and like with you, Chris, when you pick your saucy bangers. I haven't done one of those videos that, in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's great that there's those little personal touches to show that you are like, you're not just a cold business. You're actually Absolutely. hands-on, like all of you are quite hands-on with it all. Like, yeah. is that always what you something you hope, like both of you hope to always be is hands-on? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't let any curator into the platform unless we have a good 40-minute yeah. chat with them first. <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I know I know it could be so easy for us to automate this and just let everybody in, but, you know, mm. like, I'll give you an example. I had one girl today that I had a curator meeting with, and yes. she was, uh, I hope Ella doesn't mind me saying this, but she was doing interviews which took her around about six hours to make. And she was, wow. like, saying, I'm about to quit my blog. I thought about quitting my blog so many times because... They're like, they are massive interviews, but she said she recorded them all in person or via Skypes. And then she was yeah. transcribing them all out onto paper, you know, from, yeah. from, from the things. And then she found a cheaper method, a different method to go and then pay someone on Fiverr to transcribe it. And then she could go back and re-edit it. And I just yeah. opened her brain a bit, you know, in our meeting and said, you know, oh, so I said, what's all your costs? And she's like, I've got the website costs. I can't afford to cover the interviews anymore, blah, 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 blah. And I said to her, well, like, you're, you know, for her to realistically make any money on an hourly rate of the interview, plus a subscriber, you know, 
it, I think her subscriber transcribe was like 15, 20 pounds to start with. And then she had all of her right. hours work on top. So I said, like, yeah. you, can't go and, you can't go and charge 60 pounds for an interview. It's just not happening. We won't let that in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I sort of said yeah. to her, how have you thought about doing some Spotify playlisting, start some new ones, write some smaller reviews, get, yeah. a, get a few tiny donations just to your writing time on here so you've got something more regular going on. Um, yeah. And then you can basically build up a budget then to make your website sustainable. You have no issue then paying your transcribers. You can start employing members into your team as writers as well. And her, yeah. brain, her brain just literally just went, oh my God. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Where yeah, she's, been, yeah. but she's been running a blog as it is quite a quite hard way for i think she said probably about two or three years like that yeah you know i mean where it's wow. just been really stressful yeah I mean, so the site's definitely allowed different groups to grow their teams i think one blog in america has now 20 writers on our site they had two when they started wow. but but the yeah. whole the whole staff team's being paid now just yeah yeah and I, I think the the kind of the interview is a nice touch because obviously i had to have a phone call as well when i first signed up to music super and it was it's nice that you again like you say you could just automate it i could have just sent in a big written spiel that says all the right things does all the right things and then end up being nothing like what i've written down mm. whereas on a phone call you can't really you can hear when someone's passionate about something you can hear when someone's like their heart's not truly in it and there just maybe might be a case of copy and paste rather yeah. than actually put an effort in and write something. And I, and I think, again, it's just a nice kind of personal touch. That well, I, don't, do. I, I, I don't know if you had any more responses via my emails. I actually video record all my responses to every email. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah. I think, you know, sometimes I get this massive email coming from a band going, you know, oh, someone's asked me to make a donation for the website. This is disgrace. Why has this ever happened before? Yeah. I mean, this is obviously like the most biggest DIY band in the planet. You know, yeah. but um, that are still in the 1960s, whatever it is. But um, you know, I literally have to then do a video call, and then I take them through step by step. Generally, sometimes even how the website works, I literally go like, "This, yeah. this, this is a why someone might want this. This is a way, you know, explain to them that you know we're trying to make an alternative for PR. We're not trying to be a hippie free website. All this yeah. sort of stuff. So like, <laughs> when, but when, but then afterwards, they generally understand and they thank me yeah. for being thorough. And because I, if I tried to type that out via email, it's just like. It's not happening. Oh, it's just dry words. My English, my, yeah, English is, my English is terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> my English is terrible, you know what I mean? So this is the only way I can get out what we need to talk about with products. And I think that friendly yeah. approach, even with the bands, some of them reply back just going, I didn't expect a response like that because they just don't, they expect it to get some person go, on, you know, on the, yeah. on the, uh, on the keyboard. Yeah, you know, just a dry copy and paste I, inside. I, I think, I think the, just in general, the whole thing from Becky, myself, Mark and, getting to know all the creators bit by bit as we're going in. We've built a really yeah. good community of, of, of curators on the website because yeah. everybody knows each other pretty much now on there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've all yeah, taken yeah. the time to try and almost become friends with them all as well. So it was so everybody's very approachable to each other. Yeah. Super important. No, I think it's great. I, I do. I think it's one of those, it's like community PR. Like it, it's very, like everyone's sort of there to support everyone else in the community of the music, of music soup kind of thing. Yeah, because have you had yeah. obviously have you had quite a positive response, like especially with the, like the lockdown and like bands having more time to kind of spend with things like this? Have you have you found like a, a spike? Yeah, over definitely. the last kind of year, I guess right at the beginning when the first lockdown happened, it's just literally yeah. the site went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like <laughs> pandemic is what made our website kick off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, bands are bored, aren't they? They they did they don't know what to do with themselves and how to promote themselves. So a lot of them started to look onto online. How can yeah. we, they all start to concentrate more on PR and blogging and 
obviously the streaming side of things went for a while, didn't it? It's kind of died down the streaming because it just felt yeah, like, yeah. I just found like you can't really look the band in the eyes. It's not really the same, is it? You know, to a certain extent. No, it's not. And then there's there was so many going on. You're like, who do I watch? Yeah. When do there's I only, watch it? Like, there's so yeah. many, so many live streams you can. Yeah. You can yeah. handle, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the internet can handle sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> one one thing, Luke. I just wanted to. Um, clarify as well while we're yeah. just talking on this I know I've been talking a lot about this will cost this this will cost that this will cost yeah. that um, this only comes down to the ethos of whoever's using our site do you know what I mean so yeah we have some really quite big blogs on our site that use it um, and they charge nothing they do yeah. all their, they do all their reviews for free um, some some basically will write for free but then they might say can you give me a three pounds just to, so I can boost it on Facebook sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes you'll get a big mixture of the writing or what we call skill coverage slash mixed with marketing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and again, like all radio plays free and all, all, all playlisting will always be free. And whenever yeah. you do get a request for cash, there's always a free alternative as well. So no yeah. one walks away with nothing ever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Once they no, get contacted. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because it's, it's nice in a way that it is then down to the individual putting the offer across because then it's it's like with the, having the free offer, someone who is more inclined to do it for free might just go, oh, I'll just do it for free anyway rather than just like because i know for me i do most of well everything i do is free mm-hmm. um mostly because i just i don't really have anything else to do so i just do do free anyway yeah. but it's nice <laughs> to have that kind of option and the playlist button at the bottom where you can immediately just add it straight to one of your spotify Absolutely. playlists that's one of my favorite features i think yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which we're, 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 we're trying to figure out how you can do it so you could say i want this one only in here for two weeks i want this one only one in here for three weeks and it will automatically yeah. boot, boot the tracks out we started yeah. mark our developer's been going no no it's not in the api and i took him to a couple of other websites last night and look they're doing it and he's like oh okay so now he's <laughs> now, 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 now he's scratching Is that your his... impression of mark <laughs> so mark's now gone away scratching his head figure he's going to figure out it. He's, he's a very clever coder so he will figure it out yeah yeah Oh no, it's great, and it's nice that you got. Um, sounds like you got quite a solid team that you've all got your, like each base is covered kind of thing when it comes to Definitely. the, the nuts yeah. and bolts of the whole business. Powerhouse, yeah, dream yeah. team. Me, me and the co-founders, we're best mates. Do you know what I mean? We've yeah. known each other for absolute years. We did another crazy platform like this called Music Born years and years before this. Which okay, is, which yeah. Was more of an application for gigs, but cut long story short we burnt ourselves out we went started doing like dragon's mm. den investment meetings i met the, the drummer <laughs> i met the drummer from pink floyd for investment it just didn't yeah. happen so we, yeah. got to the, we got to the point where we just went oh we're done <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I've, I've had enough <laughs> exactly and then the crazy yeah. miso soup idea came after a few beers and off we went again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's great and like because i because obviously as someone who's like booked live gigs and all that sort of stuff do, do you kind of find that there's after the lockdown you're hoping there might be a bit of a change when it comes to the way live gigs are booked and there might be a bit more variety on there or like not necessarily um, like free gigs as much um I mean, I, I, I presume there's probably going to be a big surge of everyone buying tickets, isn't there? Yeah. And then sooner or later, it will start to pan out. Because for me, my experience of being a gig booker is, unless you're booking a band that's a household name, yeah, then it's down to the bands bringing their mates. That's as simple yeah. as it gets. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I found that where the gigs I was running at the Finsbury, the pub itself was absolutely rammed from Thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday sometimes can be a bit dodgy, but Friday and Saturday, 
absolutely rammed, which meant I could yeah. do a free, it would made it more beneficial for us to do a free entry gig. We did pay all the bands, minimum of 50 pounds yeah. each. We provided all the back lines, so it doesn't cost them anything to it. They all got, you know, they all got beer as well. So it, okay. it worked out more beneficial for the bands to play a free gig yeah. and tell all their mates and bring their mates because there was already probably about 300 people in the pub by the time the band yeah. started. The reputation yeah. was just there. We were the coolest pub in the area. People yeah. were coming from Finsbury Park, all around Manor House, from Hackney. They were, it was coming a destination. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was all swings and roundabouts where I think different pubs are going to be working in different different situations. I think yeah. some, some places will best to keep it free. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, kind of build up that reputation to the point where you can kind of justify then. Yeah. It's kind of bit, pulling in the bigger names kind of thing. I just think it's a bit of a double, double-edged sword on it. So, like, yeah. if you're a band that's local and you're trying to grow a fan base, you should not play very many gigs local and make sure you sell them all out. So that means you can play the best venues in the area. You can work yeah. with the other best bands in the area and support them, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then from that point, if you start to cause a buzz online and everything, the industry in London will call you to London instead when you're ready. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People think they need to move to London, book loads of gigs. They actually burn themselves out. No one wants to come to the gigs anymore. And then they generally fizz and yeah. explode. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't get what you mean, because it's kind of like the the famous... Everyone wants to play those famous venues, and sometimes you can kind of go a bit too soon mm. with it and end up, like you said, just burning out or anything like that. Because a lot of it now, obviously, with you, Becky, you'll probably know more of this. Like A lot of it has gone kind of there's been more of an emphasis on the social media side of things for the last sort of year. Like for you as someone who like manages social media and has quite a keen sense for it, have you kind of found a shift that is going to stay or do you think it was more of a kind of a fad <laughs> for want of a better word? That's a, that's a bit of a difficult one really, because mm. I guess it depends on who and on what, but there's yeah. definitely been a lot of significant changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, TikTok, as as pretty obvious to say, has absolutely skyrocketed. I mean, I know I downloaded TikTok in the first yeah. lockdown. Yeah. And initially, as a joke. Initially, <laughs> as you know, as a bit of irony. But now yeah. it is, you know, it's something I would I would go on to even okay. discover new music. So yeah. that's just one example. But definitely, social media has completely shifted. Has skyrocketed everything's yeah. happening on there now and i think it will be like that for a long time um yeah but obviously with a, hopefully an equal balance again of actual physical stuff like live gigs yeah and the above yeah all of that yeah because because i don't think there'll ever be like a place where live music isn't wanted because i think enough people are itching now to go and see someone live and all that sort yeah, of stuff absolutely. Just... I've, I've already booked about five gigs in yeah um, <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> yeah yeah it's like me that is just any band that's planned okay where it is i just gotta go and see them <laughs> absolutely um, yeah <laughs> but it's I, I just think with the sort of the social media and that because obviously there's quite a lot of pressure sometimes on bands to create fresh content and all that kind yeah. of thing and, and stay relevant and and stuff like that and it's I don't know about like, do you find it quite difficult as music super social media to try and keep thinking of fresh ideas or, or do you have a quite a laid back approach to it as in I'll just create it when I create it and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I think it would be, it would be a bit of a lie if I said I, I never felt pressure because I think yeah. um, social media is extremely saturated, extremely competitive. Um, yeah. But the way I kind of... Um, approach or have approached Muso Soup social media is 
kind of discuss with the team, see what we want to put out, obviously, and, and what we think our audience would like, as yeah. ultimately we are we are music lovers. As you said earlier, we're not some kind of fat cat corporation. We're yeah. just a just a bunch of people who really love music. So yeah, yeah in that respect, yeah, a lot uh, a lot of our kind of content is is geared towards, you know, what we like and what we feel people would like. But yeah. there is there is always going to be a little bit of pressure to stay relevant. But I think um, I'm a bit of a nerd for social media. So I, I love <laughs> it when, yeah, I love it when apps, um, you know, share updates and they add new things. I'm like, oh, we should try this. Let's do yeah. Instagram Reels on the go. Let's let's do TikTok. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, uh-huh. there'd def- definitely be a life if I said that I never felt pressure. Um, yeah as everyone wants their content to be the most viewed, the most interactive with, but you know, it's something that I think we all enjoy doing. Yeah. Oh, no. and, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. And like, obviously, as you said, like you're kind of an expert and like, Chris, you're, you've booked like, performances <laughs> and things like that. Would you consider sort of with MusoSoup maybe creating sort of like live shows hosted by MusoSoup or running classes oh. to kind of teach artists how to use social media properly, that kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, 100% we are going yeah. back into the gig world. Yeah. No problem about that at all. I mean, before all my gigs are under loss in the manor, which is what I was employed under the Finsbury as. Now, whether or not we go back to the Finsbury with a, employing a promoter to grow our team even further, so then we still yeah. venue full-time, we don't know. Yeah. That's a bit of a, a big question mark at the moment because yeah. we mm-hmm. don't know what's happening with live gigs currently. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and that venue would only really work on free entry, so... We've tried doing ticketed shows there before, but it kind of doesn't work to a certain extent. So, yeah, the venue needs to go free, especially now because you know people. So people are very aware about only using one toilet in the front now. People are not a bit more like um, what's it say? They they socially they wouldn't stand there in queue and like crammed with like fifteen people because of yeah, spatial awareness yeah. and all this stuff. Now people are like this doesn't feel safe. You know what I mean? So yeah, the gigs will definitely have to go free there. I think. Yeah, so it's a conversation to have. But I mean, before I was doing gigs at Seabright Arms, Old Blue Last, Birthdays Now, which is gone. I've done gigs at the Barfly, which is gone. I mean, I've been doing yeah. gigs for, you know, 10 years, since 2006. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, actually, it's a lot longer than 10 years, isn't it? <laughs> I'm actually a complete customer. I am old. No, you're not. You always <laughs> say let's that, just call you? it. Let's just call it 10 years. Just... Yeah, yeah, 10 years. 10 years is fine. Yeah, yeah so... Nine plus one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of the best gigs we ever did was in Cafe 1001 in Brick Lane. They were just yeah. phenomenal. You know, not the best sound system in the world, not the biggest setup. In, uh, it was just amazing. There were so many people coming in just to watch people they'd never seen before. Yeah. Again, that again, that was free entry. It's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Like, we will <laughs> definitely be doing gigs. Yeah. Um, I've already got one guy called Ben Meyer, who I really like, who's a bit like almost like a new Bruce Springsteen sort of vibe. Oh, Okay. He's like on my case to book him a gig. He's like, Chris, really? let, let's go. Let's do it again. <laughs> so, and he always puts a lot of effort. And this goes back down to that point where I was saying before, where, you know, like he understands with me when I do a gig, I'm literally like, this is the capacity of the venue. We're going to get a couple of like-minded people together. We need to ram it. One, because his fan base needs to feel excited as he sort of goes up this little journey yeah. where if he burns himself out and does loads of gigs, his, his, his um, fan base almost kind of, they kind of like get a bit disillusioned if they go to one gig and there's like six people there their brain yeah. sort of goes why would I come and go to the next one it seems like I'm, our journey yeah. is not working yeah. so like to keep the to keep the the, um, the, the you know the, the, uh, the metaphor of the band moving forward and growing um, yeah. I always say to them like you know if this band works together really well with this band you basically can nick each other's fans you <laughs> know what I mean so you 
hopefully yeah. some of them ones will turn up to the next one, but it has to be a complete key effort. Then I walk away as a promoter getting paid. I can pay all the bands. The venue's happy. Yeah. Everybody's buzzing and they're all waiting for the next one. Yeah. If the bands don't do that and just burn themselves out very quickly, then it becomes a big disaster and quickly very downhill slide for any band, I think. Yeah. You know, so this is something I'm going to be really, 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 uh, probably a lot more harder on the bands moving forward than I yeah. was before because while I was booking full time, I kind of had this to calendar to fill it at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where this time, if running me doing the odd gigs, they have to work. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot more kind of importance on it for you to make sure that it yeah, comes just, off and represents Muso Soup rather than just, just you just, kind of thing. And also, only work with a roster of bands that are, that are all like minded and want to achieve something. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely, yeah. got, we've definitely got booking agents we know and people like this we could invite, invite along to the gigs that we know from the past work. We can yeah. get, help them get managers down to see them if, this, if a band really starts to buzz up. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So you can always just have to do, the, do the odd little bit of helpy stuff like that, you know, which, yeah. which is valuable in London. Yeah. yeah. And Becky now lives in Brighton, so she's going to be the Brighton band goo, gigging guru soon. Absolutely. Just, you know, <laughs> I was going to say that's the first yeah. I've heard of it, yeah. but absolutely up for that. You heard it live here. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, so like as as sort of mentioned, like would you consider sort of like doing sort of sort of like master classes on helping bands from a DIY sort of point of view, understanding social media a bit as well? Yeah, I guess that comes down to Becky, really. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. am I am I? I wouldn't say I'm I'm a I'm a particularly incredible social media guru, yeah. but I would you know I I'd always be happy to if if bands came forward and just said, look what what the heck do I do on Instagram or, yeah. or how, how, how is Facebook going to be- benefit me? Always happy myself and um, our other team members, Sam as well. She's very clued up yeah. you know, on Facebook ads and stuff. We're always happy to give advice for people yeah. who are on the platform. Mm. I think it's just kind of part of our team ethos really. Always happy to. Yeah. Cause, cause I did notice, I think it did um, a while ago. Now I think there was a video that I think where you ran through, a sort of Facebook ad campaign and little things like that. So, was, oh, that was Sam did that, yeah. Yeah. So, so it was like, do you, are you thinking of like doing more things like that as well as the kind of interviews that you do and all that kind of stuff? Sam, we've already told Sam she needs to do a new one. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many of the new bloggers are literally like, how do I do ads? You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, want, they want to do it. They want to do it. Yeah. Because they want to grow their, their, their playlists and things correctly. Yeah, but yeah, even I don't understand the ads properly, so I'd need the video if I was going to do it. You know, for yeah, because like... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's not just the bands, obviously, because like you know, creators like myself and other people who don't really have a handle on social media. It's 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 nice to kind of, as well as being able to use your platform to find new music, it's nice that there's that occasional video of how like, oh, that's how you do a Facebook ad, and th- there's obviously that growing. It just adds to that community feel that you've created. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like to. I like to try and help out bands as much as I can when I was yeah. doing gigs. But the only thing I was always found I had to be super careful with, like, you know, like you said, can you give someone a DIY masterclass? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like only the method that you've been doing. Everybody's got a different method. It's like, yeah. a, big, it's like a giant experiment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. One band might go on TikTok and go, oh, the way you need to do it now is to go on TikTok and everybody starts <laughs> concentrating on TikTok. But that only, yeah. came, that only happens because the person that did it started bleating out, this is the way to do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I, a lot of the time when I was doing the gigs in London, I had a lot of bands come up to me going, Chris, can you give us some advice on what you would do? I need to, how are we going to get to the next level? And sometimes like, I have to be able to tell the band and go, look, you're really great, but I don't know if you're going to make it. But I, obviously I can't tell them that to their yeah. face. 
in a soft way. Mm-hmm. I can sort of give them a different way to sort of maybe not go and waste all their money. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much, so much not um, information out there. It's just so confusing on what yeah. a band needs, needs to be doing. And like, you know what I was saying about where, you know, if you're a band that's outside of London and you do gigs and they think they need to come and move to London because they think that they're going to, you know, sell out every gig yeah, and suddenly they're yeah. going to grow a fan base. They don't realise that also that's not the answer. And actually, they're probably in a really good place as long as they concentrate. Yeah. You know, if your town has got, I don't know, thousands of people in there and you've only got two venues, get everybody in your town knowing who you are, that your gigs will sell out, book a coach, yeah. then go and do the London gig. Bring a coach, yeah, load yeah. of people down for a day trip to London. They yeah. go out for the day, have great fun, go to the gig, they get on the bus and go home drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but the other, so, thing you don't, the other thing you don't realise then is the, the, the good thing is then is the gig is sold out, yeah. the promoter is happy, the, the promoter is going to rebook them again. The band then can contact booking agents and manage to say, come down, we're investable, we've got a fan base, we've sold out our gig in London. Yeah. That is just like, you know, all you need to do then is put the bits of puzzle together around the yeah. team with the band to sort of, get those things going do you know what i mean yeah yeah they have to to do that first bit on their own it's the kind of thing i would say you know yeah london's the worst place to try and try and do it (laughs) (laughs) i think it's it's probably because there's just so many people trying to do it all at the same time it's kind of easier if you're a band in a smaller town like you said there's only two venues then you've only got a limited space whereas in london it's almost like there's a venue on every corner like in birmingham like there's there's a venue in on every street there's yeah. some pub club or cafe putting on live music that there's so much of it that it, it can become hard to try and sell it out or yeah. do regular gigs because there's so many bands trying to do it at the same time. I mean, my mate's band in Portsmouth sold out the Portsmouth Guild Hall when mm. I lived there. That's massive. Editors yeah. play there. They sold it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time I was working at the Wedge of as a chef, nothing to do with music, but um, yeah. <laughs> they, sold, they sold that out as well. Oh dear. Do you know what I mean? But their, their yeah. fan base in London was absolutely buzzing. And if they played in London, loads of their mates followed them up there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So this is where the core of it worked yeah. for them. I mean, they imploded as a band anyway. They did actually move to London <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> and now they don't, exist any, they don't exist anymore. Do you know what I mean? But so they, the they takeaway from this is don't move to London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> they, 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 did, they did get a lot of AR um, attraction on yeah. them, do you know what I mean? So, like, they were getting close, um, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, no. It's, but again, it, it's great that kind of the way that your ethos works is you're always kind of artist first and curator first, which means that there's no, like I said, you're not just a cold business, you're a nice, warm, community for people to come into Absolutely. and everyone's equal like the creators aren't held above an artist the artists aren't held above a curator we're all on an evil even evil an even playing field just talk, <laughs> talking sort of like equal to equal for a change whereas before it's like bands feel like they have to Absolutely. beg for PR yeah. companies and then PR companies can feel like they have the right to kind of dismiss bands and it's I think this kind of levels the playing field a lot it's been wonderful chatting to you both yeah yeah thank you very much yeah no no problem and obviously um just to kind of do the the admin stuff if anybody would like to kind of sign up to muso soup or find out a little bit more or just kind of reach out with a message to find out a bit more how would they kind of go about doing that i mean it's just super easy isn't it you can just ask us you know yeah becky's there ready to to answer any of your questions absolutely yeah so um usersoup.com obviously the probably easiest way to head and submit uh if you want to chat to us a bit on the socials beforehand it's at musosoup on instagram and at musosoup hq on facebook and twitter yeah 
Brilliant. I, I mean, the, the submission process is so easy. Yeah. You know, like you literally just put your embed code in off your SoundCloud or whatever it is. If you don't have a press release written, we've got a little interview that will interview yourself. So then you can oh, download that. Yeah. Which will then allow you to have enough information for then someone like you then to sort of yeah. build some content to do an interview with someone for your show, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and then you just upload a few photos. Off comes the submission to us. We quality control it. If we like it, we'll let it in. If not, you'll get a polite message to say we don't. Um, and, and then you go from there. You, Emphasis on polite. Yeah, and then you, you pay your £20 to set up your four-week yeah. campaign. Actually, that'll be going up to £24 soon because we forgot yeah. to do the add the VAT and now we've got a big VAT bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we actually stung ourselves in the foot for the guy giving everyone cheap PR this year. Um, Happens to the best of us, doesn't it? <laughs> we listen to our accountant and be like, how much have we got to pay? Yeah. So now, now, it's sure? gonna, now, it's, now it's, so from July, it's going to be £24 instead. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Well, it's still cheaper than 800 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I do get some emails from some bands going to me, what am I going to get for my £24? And I went, well... You I'll know, talk to you. I said, you, I said, yeah. I said, have you hired a PR before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those. It's. I think musicianship is a great kind of learning curve as well for younger bands coming in and to Absolutely. get that bit of experience yeah. of PR, but from a, a more gentler point of view, because it can be quite off-putting sometimes when the, you get the new a PR. Generation probably have never hired a PR, or they yeah. they never will. Yeah. So you submit hub, play this push, Groover, play this a club, all these different ones that keep popping up. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll basically just submit on all these little ones, you know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. And then when their band gets to a buzzy stage and a team is around them, then the PR will come in like they should do. Yeah. Then the money <laughs> not, man comes a knocking. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, yeah, but they should be sustainable at that stage. Yeah, right? yeah. Not, yeah, they, not could, they can afford a grand for a campaign then. <laughs> yeah, because they should be making loads of money on Spotify. At that yeah, point. yeah. Yeah. No, well, radio, radio pluggers, all of this sort of stuff comes into yeah. play. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? So otherwise everyone's just making a loss yeah <laughs> yeah well chris becky it's been brilliant chatting to you and um obviously look forward to working with you more in the future yeah absolutely thanks for having Definitely. us yeah. no problem thank you very much so there you have it that was my conversation with chris sharp and becky warrington from the team over at muso soup it is a great platform so i do urge if you are in a band um, listening to this and you haven't already used it then please do go head over it's it's worth a punt at least once and I think you'll really really kind of enjoy the process and um, really meet some interesting people on there too because it is just a great community thing to be involved in um, I really look forward to the future of Muso Soup as things open up with the live performances maybe starting off um, in both London and Brighton um, that Becky's probably hurriedly now running around trying to organise <laughs> but no um, they do some great things so again if you haven't already and do want to find out a little bit more about them yourself then head to their website like all their social media pages and just before to support a sort of great online service that's really trying to turn the tables and stop bands sort of losing out financially in the long run because honestly a lot of them can't really afford to lose so yeah it's great that they're out there pioneering for both artists and curators and created an equal playing field like i said in the interview so yep that was 
inside the industry again hopefully you enjoyed this episode if you did please do give us a subscribe as you're listening now and we'll have newer episodes every two weeks uh, from this point onwards Um, as i said again it's to kind of give me a chance to create fresh and interesting interviews to bring you each week um, so it doesn't feel rushed or anything like that and don't forget to tune in to switch radio wednesday evenings 10 p.m to hear the barstool music show hosted by myself as it is just me myself and i running (laughs) running this whole thing um so yeah but i really appreciate if you'd listen to that and again if you'd like to give us a like and a follow it's at barstool underscore music on instagram and twitter um or at barstool music uk on facebook and you'll find out everything we do there news reviews interviews all the views um podcast shows everything just anything i can get my hands on i'm just trying to do to support and sign independent bands and so until next week you've been listening to inside the industry i've been luke knowles so keep safe and i'll see you again soon